We all gas, no brakes, pumped up, no fakes. We spinning, we winning, we high stakes. We never miss, we all makes. Look at us dudes trying to prove, bringing you news with nothing to lose. Mike, Nick, Tony, Wayne, Method Man, we bring the pain. Hey, see, I'ma confess it. We under the pressure. If you looking to find us. Them nothing but Niners. What is going on, Faithful? It's your boy Nick 49er Faithful 365 all day, every day. And we are here to bring you another fun-filled episode here on Nothing But Niners podcast, YouTube channel, Instagram page, wherever you're at and wherever you're following us, Twitch, whatever it may be. Uh, we did a, a mock draft earlier at 3.30 or 3 p.m. with Moe's Nose, who is also on YouTube. So make sure you guys go over there and follow him as well, what Moe's Nose, or you can just type in Moe's Nose dot. Got to make sure you put that dot, guys. But tonight, guys, before we get into all that, I have another guest on tonight. And that is our guy, Smitty, from the Fantasy Football Show. Smitty, what's going on, buddy? What's up, man? Glad to be here. Uh, had fun the other night with you guys, and so I'm ready to talk a little Niners, a little NFL draft. I'm, I'm pumped, man. Yeah, you know, it, it's a pleasure to have you on. And the other night was really fun. And I was telling, you know, my other co-host, Mike, um, we need to start doing one of those like once a month where it's like, a bunch of different podcasters come on, you know, or their own YouTube shows. And we just shoot the shit and talk about yeah. what's going on. And, uh, you know, it, it, I really enjoyed that show yesterday because you get a lot of different takes from a lot of different people. And and that's what's so great about the, the social media world. Right now, while we're right. all fans and, you know, you know, you've been doing fantasy football for 19 years, you said yesterday, um, while we're all fans, we all still have an opinion. But then the thing is, is, as most of us who do these podcast things are are very, we're not homerish, right? We kind of call it out of where we see uh, things that we think the team should do. Or if the team is shitty and sucks, then we say that too in their picks and things like that. So that's what I like about our platforms. Uh, we're, we're honest and true to everything that we do. Um, so I appreciate everything that you put out also for fantasy football. Uh, for those of you that do play fantasy football, make sure you go over there and follow him uh, at smitty1.com. You can also, you know, that'll tell you all of his social media avenues yep. as well so that you can like and subscribe to anything that he does. So um, I'm going to put that up in a banner as well. But guys, before we get into all that, make sure you guys hit that like and subscribe button. Make sure you guys Follow us, turn on that bell for notifications so you know when we do bring you impromptu shows. Follow us on Snapchat and Twitter, nothing but nine ERS. Facebook and Instagram, along with Twitch, is nothing but Niners. Make sure you go over to our Instagram page right now. We are doing a draft day jersey giveaway. I do want to keep reminding you guys about that. Go to Instagram, like our Instagram page. Also, like Gold Bar Whiskey because we're partnering up with them uh, for this giveaway. And then comment who you think the 49ers are going to take at, at the number three overall draft pick. And that will close April 29th at 8 p.m. So it's easy. You like and like and comment something, and you have an opportunity to win a jersey of whoever is drafted at number three. So it's a win-win for everybody. So go over what, there. What, do that. Jersey, what jersey is that? It'll be. Who, oh, what's your oh, – I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I told you I'm pulling for Justin Fields. I know you're pulling for Trey Lance sort of uh, from your conversation last night. But it'll be interesting because I'm going to get to see who you take tonight. And it also – 
the fun thing about these mocks is, is that has been that number three pick, right? Because mm-hmm. that number three pick has changed so much between who the Jets have been taking. I've seen Trevor Lawrence go one. I've seen Justin Fields go two. I've seen Trevor Lawrence go one. I've seen Zach Wilson go two. Between those two, it, it'll make it interesting for me because if the Jets take Justin Fields, I'm not sure if I want Zach Wilson or Trey Lance. I'm not sure on those two, right? So it's kind of interesting. So we'll I, I think if if Wilson falls to that number three pick, it's a gift from the heavens, man. This is a guy, in my opinion, with my my fantasy football perspective, goggles on a a generational potential talent. I think Lawrence is for sure is as locked as you can get. Nobody's a one hundred percent locked, but he's locked in as much as you can get to be that next guy, Lawrence. I think Wilson's right there, man. Um. Does the does the does a, a Jets environment make it hard for him to rise up and become as good as Lawrence? We'll see. I think the the quarterback positions why you know that has been a black hole for everybody, you know, to go there and just get sucked out of the fantasy football world and environment and be non-existent. But I think this could be the the game changer. And and I I don't think we'll see what happens. But I don't think Zach Wilson has a shot at dropping to three. But yeah, we'll and, you know, the only reason I say that is because, you know, so many people are saying that, you know, Kyle Shanahan's so sold on Mac Jones, right? Why aren't the Jets looking at Mac Jones? Because everybody from who runs this type of offense, so the Kyle Shanahan offense has left and went to the Jets. And they're going to implement the Kyle Shanahan offense over there uh, in New York. So why wouldn't any of these guys that Kyle Shanahan would be interested in, why wouldn't the Jets be interested in that as well. And that's what I mean by Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, or even Zach Wilson of those four. And they do pick one position higher than us. Are they going after the same guy? We don't know. And you never know. You never know. So until you know, um, it'll be interesting Thursday night at, you know, probably, you know, eight 20 ish. I I guess I would say for the number three pick, we'll know. Um, Uh But it'll be interesting. It'll definitely be interesting. So yeah, I'm I'm excited. <clears throat> what? Let me let me ask you. So, did you listen to the Kyle Shanahan presser today? I did. I listened to most of it, and then I had to jump on a conference call for for something business wise. But um, uh, I did hear a, a bunch of it. I'm going to re rewatch a lot of it again. But man, I don't know if it's smokescreen or you know some of the hand being shown a little bit on accident because of the the probing questions. But you know, I kind of feel like no one should read too much into it because Shanahan was prepared to pull back. So anything he gave, he was already probably trying to like, when you say, Hey, you know, how do you like Mac Jones? I like Mac Jones. I like all five of these. Like every question he said was to try and confuse the situation, almost like a deck of cards. And he's going and then just, you know, jostling them up before he gives you any kind of answer. So I, I don't, I certainly felt like we didn't hear, a lot of fields talk making me feel like this is not going to be a fields pick, but it could be c- completely by design that he did. He left him out. Right. And that's what I was going to say, because, you know, you can go back to, right. So we can go back to last year's draft, right. In, in, in particular. And, you know, Javon Kinlaw was not really mocked to the 49ers at all last year. Right. And th- he was a little bit, it was a little bit of a conversation because of the fact that DeForest Buckner was traded, so where are you going to fill that position, right? But then later after Javon Kinlaw was selected and Brandon Ayuk was, tra- you know, we traded back into the first round for Brandon Ayuk, Kyle Shanahan came out and said, 
Brandon Ayuk was the original 13th overall pick, but Javon Kinlaw fell to us. So we have to take that. And when you listen to Kyle Shanahan say that to Brandon Ayuk, he's like, look, man, you are our guy at 13. He's like, I'm just so thankful that we were able to trade back in to get you where we got you because you were our guy at 13 all along. And it's just kind of interesting because we never once heard anything about Brandon Ayuk, right, Mm -hmm. in the 49ers organization because you have guys like um, Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, guys that Niners fans wanted, you know, these guys to produce at the wide receiver position. And then they draft Brandon Ayuk, and we're like, wait, what? Well, funny, funny story is that uh, Dr. Raj, RSF 49ers, when we're, we're, uh, you, got, you had him on last night, we actually went live several times and talking about the Niners taking Ayuk, which was, which was fun because when they took him, we're like, oh, my God, we we're right. So, uh, yeah, a lot of people didn't see that coming, but we were pretty high on him in this landing spot. And, and I'm, I'm in Arizona, so I had a little you know, insight on Ayuk. And, uh, you know, so that was fun though. Yeah. And, and, but I'm just saying most of, most of the time, most fans did not have this. So then most fans are like, wait, what Brandon Ayuk over, you know, there's, you know, you still have DK Metcalf on the board and we're taking Ayuk, blah, 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 you know? Um, Mm -hmm. but then you can go and look, we didn't know that the Forrest Buckner trade was about to happen. We didn't know Joe Staley was retiring. We didn't really know about the Kinlaw pick. Um, you know, there are a lot of things that have not leaked in the 49ers organization. And it is because of reasons that right. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are sealed with their lips. And what I do that? believe, I do believe that those two are possibly the only two that know, along with Jed York, probably, um, who they are going to pick at number three. And I do believe that they know. I think they have you know, they're probably 95, 98% sure of who they're going to take at that position. It's just a matter of if he's there, obviously. And you heard them say today, they're in the presser, they have 160 draftable players. That's what their board looks like, right? They've been over 600 interviews, whether that be in-person, phone calls, Zoom meetings, um, you know, whatever it may be. They did, they conduct, you know, they went down from 350 eligible players to be phys- to give physicals to to 150 that's what the NFL went down to this year um they had a, they watched a they were they attended 176 games this year with and saw every team every player that did not opt out play um and then also they went to a they did 128 pro days types this year so that's how many players they saw in pro days 128 players to say they're doing their due diligence is, or not doing their due diligence, as in, you know, people are like, oh, well, why wasn't Kyle Shanahan at Trey Lance's first pro day or Justin Fields' first pro day? You know, all these other, you know, type things. But sitting back today, I took one thing away from that pressure. I don't know if you heard it or not. In the beginning of the year, it was Jimmy Garoppolo is our guy. He's in our plans to where it turned out today, and John Lynch was on record saying, we're looking to upgrade the backup quarterback position. Yep. Today, it's totally different. It's when you have an opportunity to basically to land a starting – we wanted to land a starting quarterback for this team, and we figured we can do it now. What does that mean for Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, he – if everybody does rewatch that, he said we wanted to get a starting quarterback. You're you're right, and that's the one thing that I was going to say next. 
is he said those like you know he could have misspoke and said we want a guy that's you know going to eventually be our future but he said we wanted to go get a starting quarterback for the you know i yeah i i think there's a lot to take away from this maybe maybe they're calculated enough that that they they saw all is coming and they answered it as cloudy as they could and like i said almost like messing the cards up on the table then you know pulling one out and showing their hand that could have been it but it was weird that that he Shanahan did kind of defend the trade up in a way that that sounded like he was trying to preemptively say I'm not worried about the reaction like we felt this is the right move it almost had a, a hint to like that's why I think everyone's coming away with Mac Jones 98% Mac Jones a couple of the comments in here right and you might be right <clears> but <throat> was he just trying to throw people off you know and say all that and then at the end he said you know i think you'll be happy with i think fans will be happy with the the result or whatever but he did say in time you know as well they be happy. and it's like what, you know what are you doing shanahan is this like you know is he a wizard right now or is he making a mistake yeah because he, he said uh you know whether it's now or whether it's later you know and to touch back on that just here's a really quick quote i mean it's not quick but he did go away from so he said so the question was asked is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be on this roster come Sunday? And the response from Kyle Shanahan was epic, right? And he says, which Kyle Shanahan's always been blunt to, to a point where, you know, he has said about Jimmy Garoppolo that injuries have hurt him and da 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 and we need to upgrade this position. And that's why they were upgrading the backup position, right, for mm -hmm. earlier. But his response was, I don't even know if somebody's going to be alive on Sunday, let alone who's going to be on this roster Sunday. Mm -hmm. That's deep. Like, you don't know. Before you were sticking 100% guns up, walls up, guarding your quarterback, and now you're throwing the guy under the bus. But he does circle back and he says, the biggest thing with Jimmy is his injuries. It's been very tough for us when he's been hurt. This happened two of the those or these three years. That's where it starts. Jimmy knows that. I've been very upfront with him with everything. We've been zooming the last two weeks, excited to get him in here coming up, especially when this draft is over. But I feel very fortunate taking a rookie quarterback that we do that we do have a guy like Jimmy. That we do have a guy like Jimmy. We didn't sign a guy who's capable or has the history of being a starter right away. We have a guy, every time he's been a starter, he's played at a high level. So to have that with Jimmy, so to have that with Jimmy with having a rookie quarterback gives us a lot of leeway into this. I'm not going to set anything into stone, but I know that that's the situation would be hard to get rid of. When you take a rookie quarterback and you take a veteran like Jimmy, who we know we can win with, just to move on from that is something that's not easy to do. That is a good situation for us. And I think that is something that'll be important to us this year. Yeah, a lot, a lot of like I said, putting cards on the table and mixing them up, and then trying to answer the question. Like it, he said, bad and good things in there, depending on how you look at it. I feel like the first part was important. I think the second part's cleanup. If I had to predict, if I had to, I'm a psych, I'm a psych major. If I had to try and read this, and I, I, I joked around with my my boys on this, saying, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna study up on my psych on my." reading gestures and body language and trying to figure this out. And I feel like what he said felt real when he said that that's been Jimmy's problem, staying healthy. And then he comes around with the the smoke 
and tries to, you know, smoke screen the whole thing. So you don't know what direction they're really leaning. It felt like cleanup work at the end to me, you know, s- saying nice things about him after you, you said, oh, he can't stay healthy, which is true and fair. Right. And the reason we're here, but like I said, the moment the Niners traded up to number three, Jimmy G in my mind was gone. Right. And whether there's a reason they can't do it because a team won't offer the right deal that that could you know definitely stop it. But there's no zero percent chance Jimmy G is saying I want to stay on this roster and fight hard and I'm going to put a smile on my face and do what Aaron Rodgers did. This is very different than the the, the than the love situation where the Packers draft love. That's like a fly on Aaron Rodgers and he's mad and irritated, but he goes out and just drops the thunder in 2020. No, this is the number three overall pick. Jimmy G has almost no chance of escaping 2021 as the starter going into the next year. He will most likely get hurt and be replaced or be replaced anyway. And what kind of value does he have when he's a backup quarterback that was then cut or whatever? Him getting traded is his best option of staying relevant. And in his mind, he's a competitor and he thinks he's got multiple years left. He's not thinking what they said. Oh, he's going to comp- compete, and you know he's okay with that. He's not. No one is. Right. And nobody should be. If you're a competitor, you shouldn't be okay with that. But you should also not steer away from the competition and say, this is my job to lose. And if you're still in this roster, that's what you should do as a competitive player. Now, I do think that the 49ers would have handled this whole situation differently, and I think that Jimmy Garoppolo would have been moved prior if we weren't able to come up with the money the way that we did and sign the free agents back that we were able to, because Jimmy's money had a lot to do with how this season worked. If you mm-hmm. didn't get that extra cap money back, you didn't get, you know, guys that were injured, restructure their deals and be able to sign every single person that you want back as in Jason Verrett, Kyle Juszczyk, Trent Williams. And they even said in their presser, Trent Williams was a big piece of wanting to get back. He was a big piece of wanting to get back. Um, So Jimmy could have been shipped out, traded already, whatever it may have you. But then they go and make this move and say, okay, well, we got all this back this year. We're still competing this year. Let's take this opportunity to move up. Now, this is where we're going to get into the next presser conversation for you. And and then we'll, we'll try to start moving on. But we move up from 12 to three. And in the beginning, Kyle says, there was a guy that I liked at 12. But once we, you know, we looked at these quarterbacks and we moved up to where we didn't have to hide anything anymore. We could look at them all. And I'm completely satisfied with five. I was satisfied with three quarterbacks before we made the move. Once we made the move, I was set on three quarterbacks. Now that we've made the move and I've been able to evaluate these guys, I'm set on five guys that can run this offense. I'm happy with five guys getting five guys in the top three out of those five guys. Now, obviously we all think that those guys are the top five, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones. We would all think that, right? But Kyle Shanahan is also have a different mind sometimes. How do we know that, you know, he has three top guys, but two other guys that he liked before at 12. So, he could have liked Mac Jones and maybe a Kyle Trask or a Davis Mills or, you know, a type of guy like that where you put into, okay, I could see this guy fitting into a Kyle Shanahan system. Now you move up to three 
those two quarterbacks are still in your mind, but you're not going to draft both of them at three. But you do more due diligence on the other three guys that you can at the top. Now you have that option where I don't have to hide anything anymore. I can say I like five guys because at first he definitely didn't say five guys. He definitely said there are three guys up there. And that's why we felt getting to three was good enough. That's what worries me, though, about Shanahan. No, no, no offense to the nine of Niner faithful here. And I think you guys are pretty critical uh, and honest about Shanahan and, and whether it's Mahomes, Watson, you know, how hard did he fight for Stafford? Like, I, I get I get there's a lot of good here. Like, the, no one builds a team outside of the quarterback position like the Niners. Kittle, fifth rounder, this offensive lines, top five, Debo, Ayuk. I mean, defense. It's lit. Like there, there's a lot to be grateful for if you're a Niner fan with the way this this team builds and and develops talent. No complaints whatsoever. But with the quarterback position, there's a lot to be desired. And this is the the critical pick for Shanahan. the The remainder is of his career is going to be painted based on this decision, which is why I think I'm going to get to who I think they're going to take later, and I'll tell you why. But it worries me that he has five options, if that's true. If that's not him being nice, which it could be, to say, I don't want to insult Fields, I don't want to insult Mac, I don't want to insult, you know, so I'm going to pretend that it's five. But if he truly believes it's five, that worries me. Because I don't know about you, but from a fantasy football perspective, I can always find one. I can always narrow it down to one guy, and he's the right guy, the, the guy with the most potential to be the elite guy. I don't want a system guy. I don't want the the Kirk Cousins type. And I think when you start taking a system guy and you don't take the risk in the right way, you end up with a Jimmy G. That's how you get where we're at right now is playing it safe, going with a system guy, trying to replace Cousins. And I don't know that he's doing that. And again, he might have learned. And my prediction is, is that, and I'll, I'll just say it now, that Lance is the one thing that is different. Lance is the one thing that if he changes directions and says, I'm not going with the, the old approach, we're going to go with something that gives us a, dy- a dynamic avenue of new production, excitement, playbooks going to be off the charts. No one can defend us. And what's been killing the 49ers when, when, def- when, when, the, when the defense can't stop an offense is a running quarterback. Like, let's give teams a taste of that. Let's get that on our side because that's probably a, a thing that he really wants to to have in his arsenal as a running quarterback. Lance makes the most sense, and I believe the offense is so good that it could support Lance as a rookie as he develops, and his running ability will get him out of trouble. And on top of that, my last point is that if you have Trey Lance on roster and you do go down the road of having Jimmy G, guess what you can do with Lance that you can't do with anybody else? Put him in like Taysom Hill. Put him in at goal line situations. Get him involved in 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 his feet wet, and and put him out there as a weapon. Trey Lance, you can use Trey Lance on day one as a weapon, and it would be some. It's something that I believe we will see later in a press conference where that's what's talked about as why Lance was the difference maker. There was another thing that Kyle said, and I don't want to quote it to be exact because he said something about Drew Brees and Lamar Jackson. He -hmm. said in this presser, he said, you kind of want a guy like Drew Brees and Lamar Jackson. 
I want, I'm, I'm trying to find the quote exactly because I don't want to mess it up and make people think that, um, you know, make people think, uh, it's, it's different than what I'm saying. Um, if anybody has it and can put it in there, but that's fine. All right. So, um, huh. I don't know where it's at. Um, it's all right. We'll just, we'll just move on. Um, Oh, wait, here it is. I think this is it. Are, are you suggesting that Fields is the most, like well, the best combination of those? Is that what you're, well, you're no, trying and to? That's what I, that was what I was going to ask you. That's what I was going to ask you. Who do you think that is, that comparison? Drew Brees plus Lamar Jackson equals who? I, I don't I, – look, I, I know a lot of Fields believers in here are going to get mad at me, but I don't get that warm and fuzzy feeling with Fields like everybody else does. I'm not saying he won't do well. Like this system is so good, you can put a core a, a mediocre quarterback in the system and they will become a good quarterback. You can put a good quarterback in the system, they'll become a great quarterback. Are Mac, Lance, and Fields are all good enough that they could potentially become a, a near great quarterback or at least a very, very, very good quarterback in this system. So I, I have no doubt that the pick won't fail as long as the pick stays healthy. They'll, they could become a Kirk cousins or a, a, you know, like I don't like Tua, but Tua, especially if the, 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 the dolphins draft Jamar chase, they get an offensive lineman at the end of round two. And then they take Javonta Williams at the top of round th round two. Um, you have a team that's, that's significantly improved. And then Tua's value goes up and Tua is going to hang around and be at least mediocre and help yeah. that team win games. So, but I will say, I don't agree that Fields is more ready than Lance just because he had stricter competition and has a little bit more of a track record. I just don't. Like when I'm looking, the eye test is important to me and half of what I do, if not more than half, even though I use a lot of statistics to drive a lot of my fantasy football content and predictions, I do I've been doing scouting from my perspective professionally for 19 years. I haven't been playing fantasy football for 19 years. I've been doing it professionally for 19 right. years. I've been playing since 1991 or 92 when you, you got the newspaper, you went to the library. Yeah. I've been playing fantasy a lot longer, but professionally analyzing the NFL draft prospects for 19 straight years on CBS radio. I have a lot of history with it, and, and QBs are my wheelhouse. Um, I would say that, that based on the eye test, which is more important to me than anything else, I see Lance has the physical tools that you can – mold and tweak that that are easily as good as as fields as pocket presence all of that i get accuracy you gotta look you can work on all that look at josh allen right but given everything at least is equal for me you lance has the ability and i know fields is quick and i saw a comment in here i do see you and i'm trying to address some of them too he can run he's faster than than lance but he's not a guy you design plays for he's not a guy that you that gets 50 yards and a touchdown on the ground a game. Lance right. is. So if you're going to compare Lamar Jackson to anybody, Fields isn't, isn't popping in my head. Fields feels more like a Russell Wilson. So if you use that example, I'm going to say that that probably is going to be Lance. So that's why I exactly – that's that's why it comes to me that Fields would be more of a Kyle Shanahan guy than Trey Lance. And the reason that I say that is, is because Kyle Shanahan likes to force the football downfield. He just hasn't been able to do that with the quarterbacks that he has. He talks about 
I think Kyle Shanahan is more of a guy that will only use a RPO here and there throughout a game, right? He he likes the strict pocket, keep your eyes downfield type of quarterback who's going to get rid of the football downfield before using his legs and staying up to play another play. Um, we did see him use an RPO with C.J. Beathard, of all people, right? Now, C.J. Beathard was no slouch in the run game. I mean, he didn't, you know, he, I think he ran like a 4-6, 4-7, but obviously he was not a very fast guy. But that's why I think Justin Fields falls more under Kyle Shanahan because he has the ability to do both. Not that he's going to – so this is why I used to say, me personally, about Colin Kaepernick, I wasn't a huge fan of Colin Kaepernick as a quarterback because he trusted and and enshrined in his legs more than he did his arm. I personally, as a 49er fan and as a fan of football, would rather see a guy be able to escape pressure but still keep eyes downfield and get the big play compared to the 10, 15, possibly you know seven, 7 to 15-yard run where, yes, while it's good to keep a play going or keep a drive going, I don't want to depend on my quarterback to run the football for us to win games. That's what you have running backs for. So, that's so how much of how much of that is system though? Lack of talent, um, because you look at a guy like like Fields, he has more more weapons. Like how much of it was just the fact that he didn't have people open, and he look, you know, he's so good at running. He's like, look, my best option right now, my innate instincts to pick up and go. Zero ints, twenty eight passing TDs. Clearly, he made pretty good decisions to pick up and go, and he did. And you could say, oh, he, you know, fifteen dropped interceptions look we talked about that last night They're that's almost, not a stat i'm not listening look to that, at that. Stat. No. yeah yeah Mahal, Mahomes had, the ones that are in black and white yeah like, we could play that game all day long well what if what if uh alvin Kamara didn't have six touchdowns and 150 plus yards rushing last year in week 16 he wouldn't be a top two running back you, you right. can't do that you can't do right. that so for me i get what you're saying and i don't disagree with you and guess what i i have not predicted what shanahan's going to do ever correctly. Right. So it, it, two different things no, of what I believe will happen and what should happen or what even could happen. Like these, there's three different levels of, of things. So you could be 100% correct in fields is the pick, but I, I will just say, I, I defend that Lance may have the same ability to do what you're describing. And he just hasn't really had the opportunity. And I think he'll play up to the competition level. And I think watching his pro day, again, the gut test for me, trusting my eyes when I see him throw the football, it's like he's at, and this is not in a bad way, but it's like he's moving at 80, 70%, so smooth, cannon of an arm. Accuracy looked fine to me. I get there's their stuff on film, but there's stuff on film for everybody. You could say Fields is a one-read one read guy on film, and then you could find film where Fields isn't a one-read guy. Like we you could go back and forth. You could go. You could go to Alabama and say Mac Jones is a one read guy because he throws to his number right. one receiver a lot because of the talent that's out there. They get open, and that's just where the read goes, and that's the number one read. So, um, you know, I agree with you, right? And I'm not saying that Trey Lance and and I don't want anybody to think that. Like I said before, I'm okay with Trey Lance or Justin Fields because I think they bring a different attitude to this offense. They will yeah. both one way or another evolve this Kyle Shanahan offense. It won't be to where you're getting, you know, a Jimmy Garoppolo 2.0 and a Mac Jones that I feel I want a guy that's going to be able to escape the pocket, be able to maneuver around in the pocket, 
you know, you go and you look at, you know, Tom Brady 15 years ago. Tom Brady was not a mobile quarterback, no. right? But he could maneuver the pocket. Like he would step up, step away from, move away from pressure. Now, when you say mobile quarterback, it doesn't always mean mobile as in getting out of the pocket and going. It means the ability to move around in the pocket, avoid pressure, and still make football NFL throws. And num number one sneaking quarterback in, in history is the most unfriendly to running. Like it's it's his his he's a crazy case to look at. And imagine looking at if there even was video footage, which it wasn't, it's was 20 years ago. <laughs> there was no social media back then. But can you imagine what it would be like to watch people like us breaking down the top five quarterbacks and Tom Brady's way down here on the list and we're not even mentioning his name. So that that that's why I say there's no absolutes. Anybody saying Mac can't be the guy or that Mac is the guy. No one no one really no one knows, knows until you no know. There's per, it's, it's a percentage game. When I tell you Derrick Henry coming off a 2,000-yard season is a big risk in fantasy football if you draft him too high because of how running backs – fall off the map after they run for 2000 yards. Is there a part of me that still calculates that Henry could still have one more year left of having a breakout? Yes. Okay. There's a percentage, like even if it's like a 30% chance versus 70 in my mind, it's still there. That percentage is there. So is there a percentage chance that Mac Jones is the best quarterback in this draft class? It's a, a small percentage, <laughs> but right. don't everybody talking in absolutes. It's funny because situation matters i i personally like lance but lance could fail in new york and thrive in san fran like right. you know exactly. i think there's only two quarterbacks that can survive anywhere and they're going one and two lawrence and wilson right yeah and you know and and lawrence of all people is probably going to have it the hardest you know lawrence and wilson both are building teams i do think that with kyle shanahan as an offensive coordinator as the head coach as the play caller i should say um, in San Francisco and his system definitely benefits quarterbacks more than different systems, as well as the team is ready to win. They're still built to win this. Whoever's going number three has a better chance than who's going one and two to be successful faster. That doesn't mean they have a higher ceiling or more successful throughout their career, but to be successful in the shortest meet, period of time yeah i think they're set like, up for the best like could lance outperform zach wilson in new york in, in year one like, right. definitely is the possibility right i think we see zach wilson be like burrow where it's like oh my god we know this guy has it the team's not there yet but we we know this dude is going to be you know top five or six quarterback yeah i truly and believe that that will if wilson fell into your lap at number three you would have let me put it this way you could win one or two championships in the next 12 years with fields lance or mac like you know if one of those guys ends up being as good as the team thinks he's going to be um if zach wilson falls to you you win at least one or two more championships in the next 12 years that's how much of a difference i see between lawrence and wilson but that's me that's my qb evaluation process and it has me thinking that this guy wilson is in that same vein as Trevor Lawrence. And I, you know, situation is so important though. And if you match situation with that talent, that's why I say you win multiple championships in the next right, 12 years. Right.
And, you know, there are people and be, this will be the last comment on this because we've been going 35 minutes. I, we only want to stay like 15 minutes, but I do it, that. it only takes about a hat. It only <laughs> takes about 20, 25 minutes to do a mock draft. So we're good. Um, but people in the in the comments are saying, well, Matt can maneuver the pocket well as also. I didn't say that Matt couldn't. I'm just saying that Justin Fields and Trey Lance give you a little bit more than Mac Jones, as in being able to take off and run. He evolves your offense in that sense to where he doesn't have to stay in the pocket and just keep maneuvering around. He can get outside the pocket. They, I should say, they can get outside the pocket and still continue to throw the football downfield. I do think that Trey Lance and Justin Fields have a bigger arm on the move than out than Mac Jones does and outside of the pocket, you know, throwing from different angles. That's just me and my eye test. Um, I do think that, and I've watched a lot of Justin Fields because I, I'm not homerish here, but I, I am an Ohio State fan. Um, I have watched a lot of Justin Fields, and usually I'm not sold on Ohio State quarterbacks. I think they all fluke in the NFL. What 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 is the reason they fluke, in your opinion? Is it because the system trains them to to play a certain way, and they're not ready oh, on those yeah, other I, levels? Absolutely, absolutely. So what what about Fields? The way they used him makes you feel like Fields is going to come out from that because I do I I don't like that a that a school can't produce you know quarterbacks like I say the the grocery store that that groomed Tom, uh, uh, Kurt Warner into the star he became that grocery store usually didn't produce elite quarterbacks right? <laughs> and it did. It can happen anywhere, but right. what, what makes you think that, that he has the skills or has learned the skills that will make him translate when Ohio state quarterbacks normally don't like, I love to know. Cause that, think, that does okay, so, that makes me so wonder. First, so first I think it starts with athleticism, Right. And, and you put Justin Fields athleticism up against Dwayne Haskins, let's just say from last year. Right. Um, Haskins had a hell of a year, you know, a few years in Ohio State. You go and the, the difference is, is, is Ryan Day himself, the Ohio State college did not groom and make Justin Fields into who he is. I believe that happened prior to Georgia. And then being coached by Georgia for a year, well, two years, I think, right? And then being transferred over to Ohio State where a guy like Ryan Day, who does work really well with quarterbacks, took over Justin Fields and opened the Ohio State offense more than what it was with Dwayne Haskins because they utilized what Justin Fields did well instead of holding the offense back because of what Haskins could do well. And if you look at if you look at the the two years that Justin Fields has played there in Ohio State, the offensive numbers are way better, quarterback numbers are way better. Just in general, the team was way better. Um, if it wasn't for injuries the prior year, I think they win a national championship then too. If the defense didn't falter this year and play like shit, I think they win a national championship there. This year showed a difference. If if that was Dwayne Haskins out there playing this year in quarterback play against Clemson, Ohio State would have got destroyed. Destroyed. Justin Fields is the reason that they played so well against a top-rated school in Clemson, and they played to the athleticism and the ability of Justin Fields compared to what they used to do, as in hold everything back. And that's kind of how I feel like Kyle Shanahan's offense is right now. Kyle Shanahan holds back for his quarterback. He doesn't implement newer things. He doesn't implement more into the playbook. 
He doesn't implement more into the offense in general because he's being held back by the athleticism and the ability of what the quarterback has. You, you go and look at these guys that all perform well in Ohio State, right? And then they get to the NFL and they just can't do anything else because people aren't building their system to that quarterback. They're building their, they're putting a quarterback in their system and hoping that it plan, that it pans out. I, I think I see Kyle Shanahan different in that aspect. And this really goes back to uh, Justin Fields and quick and simple is it goes to Justin Fields because I've seen Kyle Shanahan change his offense for three different type quarterbacks since he's been in, in, in San Francisco. Cause you go from, I mean, not even counting Brian Hoyer's match, you know, uh, Brian Hoyer's, uh, CJ Beathard, Nick Mullins, Jimmy Garoppolo. He's done it in games where one quarterback goes down, the next quarterback goes down, and a third comes in, and you change the complete game plan and how they pass the football or where they're passing the football. So that's why I think that Justin Fields will benefit more from going to San Francisco than he will, let's say, a Jacksonville. But that doesn't mean that he will fluke either. I think that he has a higher chance than any other Ohio State quarterback to succeed than anybody else that's ever came out of Ohio State. I can get behind that and and I do agree with you that that it feels like it could be a different, you know, result finally. But I think it does worry me a little bit just because of the system and how it prepares you, but uh, transfer has been that he transferred, that's been a lot of the answers that I've gotten when I've asked that question. So, but yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. Um Lance certainly was a long shot when I started trying to to push that out there and and it's slowly coming around. I feel like it's still 60% or maybe you know maybe it's 50% fields or even 45% fields and then maybe there's like a 30 or 25 to 30% Lance, you know, support out there. I don't know how you feel about your own community. Every community is a little bit different. I feel like the Mac Jones people are loud. <laughs> And but they're about 10 to 15 percent of most communities I find they're like Mac Jones is the guy Mac Jones and then you know they're louder though because they're they're there's a, l- a lesser number of them so they have to kind of you know be a little bit more vocal and I appreciate all all you know opinions and I think that no one's no one's wrong right now like no one knows so yeah. you know if you're a Mac Jones supporter I still uh you know support your opinion that it, you know or at least respect it. I, I think it's going to be Lance. You think it's going to be Fields? And, and the honest truth is, man, we may never know because you might have a good producing quarterback no matter who lands there because, like I said, you can make a mediocre quarterback pretty darn good in that system. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it. you're 100% right. We all have our opinions on it, right, and and who we think would fit in the system. But in the end, we gonna have we're gonna have to support this front office and Kyle Shanahan and whoever he takes. No matter if we feel that it's too much. Look, I think a lot of us are just upset about the Mac Jones stuff because of the fact that we traded three first round picks, basically. That's it. Yeah. To a guy that we could get at twelve, right? That we feel that we could get at twelve. We don't know what the rest of the league is thinking about Mac Jones. Right. We're not there every single day. Um, if Mac Jones, Mac Jones may go before. Trey Lance goes. Mac Jones may go before Justin Fields. Shit, Mac Jones could go over Zach Wilson. We don't know. Not that that's possible. I mean, it is possible. Can't say that's not possible. Not that it's uh, going to happen or more likely to happen, but it's still a possibility. So, but it, it 
But if you did think Mac was the guy and you're Shannon, like I, I'm defending the process and the theory behind it. Not that I want Mac Jones. So please, you know, understand that. But if I'm going to defend the Niners taking Mac Jones, I would just say that if he is your guy and you've screwed this up in the past and you're Shanahan and you're like, I've got to get this right. And let's say you poked around at the four or five and you couldn't get it, but you could get the three at a price you felt good about. And you're like, okay, you know, we could also control our destiny. What if we change our mind? You know, because I think part of what they said in the first press conference was true. They didn't have an appropriate amount of time and, and flexibility to evaluate all of them out in the open because that tells your hand. So I firmly believe they traded up with an open mind. But if Mac was your guy and his pro days are emer- emerging and you feel like he's a stretch at 12, like he was at one point he was like, okay, he was you know below 12, but then he was kind of floating around and you felt like he was going to climb really quickly. And we've seen quarterbacks climb qu- higher than 12 to one overall before. You know, like Cam Newton was very doubted and 11th hour, he came around and became the top quarterback prospect. That happens all the time. It happens in politics. You know, people like the underdog values climb up very, very fast. If you're saying Mac is our guy and I'm not saying he's mine, right. that is it really an overpay to go up and get your guy if you believe he's going to be the difference maker? So I'm just saying that if you guys end up taking Mac and you believe in Shanahan, then I would be, I would be more okay with that thinking than than I think because everyone keeps talking about as if he's twelve material and Mac climbed into based on his pro day and all the hype he climbed at least into the top seven, right? You know you can't get him at twelve because and- everyone keeps saying this. Too, we we don't trade all that to go pick Mac at three. You had to move up. You had to if you wanted and- Mac. His he would not have been there at twelve anymore. And Kyle Shanahan basically said that today. We're gonna. We're going to be happy with the guy, whether we picked him at 12 or whether we picked him at three. And that's why a lot of people are saying they got the Mac Jones vibe out of the conversation today that Kyle Shanahan said. But you're right. He should be happy with whether the guy's at 12 or at three because that's their guy. That's who yeah. they wanted. They, they can evaluate all these people. I said today, 160 draftable players. I'm sure that five of those are quarterbacks. Maybe even seven of them are quarterbacks. Now they may move into a, because really after that third pick, your draft is still the same. So you're putting a position on these guys of where you think they're worth taking. And, and you have a second round guys, you have maybe, you know, 30 yeah. second round guys and 25 third round guys or whatever may have you. But like you just said, and people have said, it doesn't matter what it costs you because if that's your guy, you do yeah, if it is. be aggressive and go and get your guy. Like, I, I love Devonta Smith. I love Jamar Chase. I love Kyle Pitts. I'm a fantasy guy, so clearly I'm offensive-minded. But if, if like, I'm looking at Chase or Devonta Smith, Devonta Smith, everyone's worried about his weight, 170 pounds. Maybe he won't translate. There's a lot of talk that he could fall to 12 or 13 when he shouldn't. He has no business falling to 12, 13, 14. But even if I'm a GM and I believe, I do believe in Devonta Smith, I think it'd be, he can be elite, and he will be, that – even if I knew there was a really decent shot that I get him at 12, it all it takes is one owner that says, I, I like him. him, you know? Just, yeah. yeah. And him. so I would trade up well above where I think is the safe place to get him. If I felt like I could build my organization around him. Now, let me circle back and say, I don't believe Mac Jones is number three material. In my opinion, I'm just defending right. Shanahan. If you guys believe in Shanahan, 
that that would right. make sense why he would overpay. Personally, I think Mac Jones is not in the same, even close to the same class as Lawrence and Wilson. I think one of Fields or Lance in San Fran will probably like maybe climb up and hang on to that tier once in a while because the, the the environment is fantastic and they will they will probably thrive. From a fantasy perspective, Lance is the guy for me because he can run and running quarterbacks score a whole lot more in fantasy football. So for me, I'm rooting for Lance to go to San Fran biasly in, in one, one way. I think I'm being objective about it too, but I'm rooting for it because it will produce a, a ton of fantasy points because you know the Niners run a lot. You guys aren't going to throw for 5,000 yards right. and you don't need to. But you give somebody, you give a, a quarterback, you know, 50 yards and a touchdown on the ground most games, and you're going to have yourself a high-scoring, productive, hard right. to yeah. defend. Imagine defenses trying to, to to worry about what what the Niners are going to plan when you have a, a guy that can run like that, a running game that can dominate, and then these weapons that you got to worry about on the outside. And, like and it's, it's going to be we impossible. talked about we talked about this before on our show. How much better can you get than 32.8 average points per game? Like how much better can your offense get, right? Right. You had a guy that's running the ball for fifty yards. What do you you're you're talking? You add a better quarterback who protects the football a little more and can move around on his feet and extend plays and extend drives. You're talking maybe one or two more series that you have yeah. in a game with time of possession. But is it really going to make a huge difference in score? Are you going to start averaging thirty nine points a game? Probably not, right? Because you're still going up against yeah. elite defenses and. Uh, you know, you're going to have good games and I'm going to have bad games. And that's just the way that it looks, man. It'll be interesting. We only have three days left. Thank God, um, because this has been a really long offseason. And we have a lot to dig into about Kyle Shanahan tonight and things like that. And I can't wait to get my panel on here to to talk about all this, because there's a lot yeah. of good takeaways. And like you, Mike is really good at reading body language. Um, and there's times I laugh at him and I say, dude, there's no way it was that. There's no way. And it yeah. comes out and it's exactly that. So I can't wait to hear what he has to say yeah, about I'll be watching. Hands body language because he picks up on things like that so perfectly. And it drives me nuts because I call him conspiracy, Mike. Yeah. But 95% of the time he's right. So um, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, all right. Well, we got, you know, we got about another 10 minutes, 15 minutes here. We'll, <laughs> Let's we'll go run. two or three rounds. Yeah, we'll, we'll run. We'll run through this two or three rounds. Um, we'll do okay. three rounds and then, um, you know, I'll let you get out of here. Cause I know, uh, you got other stuff to go and do tonight too. So, and then I got another show at nine 30, um, with our guy, uh, with our guy Raj. So that'll be cool tonight. Nice. So, um, all right, let me share this screen real quick. We're going to use uh pro football network draft simulator. We're going to do three rounds. We'll do, uh, we'll do. Normal speed, I guess. San Francisco. So let me share this screen real quick. Share screen. Home tab. Do, 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 do. Let's put that up there. Full screen layout. All right. Can you see that good? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Sweet. All right. So let's see. Uh, three rounds. Um. Let's see. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's go three. Yeah, we'll go three rounds, normal speed, NFC West, obviously 49ers. Let's draft here. Um, and then we are going to start here. So let's see. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. So okay, as predicted. Okay. As predicted, I, and the 49ers get a trade. 
yeah, no, we're gonna we're gonna not trade down to the thirteen and then miss Mac Jones. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? Um, more no, yeah, we're 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 rolling. Okay, so I can just see it now. It's we wanted a guy that was a difference maker, a guy that could bring a whole new dynamic to this offense, uh, running ability that yes, Fields can run the ball. He's quick. We love all these guys. We had five guys we loved, right? But but Lance is the one guy. He's young, 20 years old, future of this this franchise, and and his his skills, his ability to run the football, give this give Shanahan a new direction to go in. Um and, and I think it, it you could say he could develop behind Jimmy, but you could also put him on the field right away in a, a Taysom Hill type uh, you know situation, and he can learn that way too. You can ease him in. And, and imagine if he goes in and he's just absolutely electric and dangerous. You guys are going to be so amped on, a, on Sundays for Trey Lance. Trey Lance, number three. Trey Lance, number three overall quarterback out of North Dakota State. There it is with the 49ers 2021 NFL. Draft third pick overall, Trey Lance, Smitty picking him. Fields in. going to Chicago. Oh, look at that! Fields dropping. Pitts to ten. Pitts dropped to ten, huh? Yeah. All right, I'm gonna Pitch I'm gonna to slow 10. this down once we get up there, so I can see. Uh, yeah. He was all taken and where they're. Uh, oh, Mac Jones all the way to twenty six. Washington football team. Mac. <laughs> And that's going to be the the story, right? Is that Mac Jones, you know, falls and see it was all Shanahan was a, a wizard, uh, you know, just throwing smoke up left and right. <laughs> all I right, am, number forty three. I am surprised. Who did Atlanta take? Oh, oh, they took Sewell. Sewell, okay. Later, you know, it could it could happen, but and then you know, I I think there's if 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 Sewell does not go. If Sewell goes number four, the Bengals are taking Jamar Chase over Slater. Yeah. Yeah, I would think you know, so. They're too. probably taking Jamar Chase anyway. I was just about but, to ask you that. Do you think this is right that Smith comes off the board before Chase or Waddle? No. No, I think that this is using some kind of, you know, randomizer probability thing where, you know, it's it's like I said earlier, there's a percentage for everything. So just so happened that they I think Smith probably falls to, if I had to guess, like maybe 11, 12, or 13. I don't think there's any chance he goes past the Chargers. Can you imagine Justin Herbert with Devonta Smith? Um, oh, but no. I think the Eagles or or even the Giants would not let Devonta Smith fall. Yeah, That would be I, absolutely I would insane. The, <laughs> the Cardinals would not let him fall past 16. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, that's so crazy. There's no way. All right, so with the 43rd pick in the second round, um, what position are you thinking here? So the, the 49ers needs are right. Look, I'm going to show you these team needs right here. Uh, quarterback corner, corner edge, offensive center and defensive tackle. Okay. Let's go to, let's go to the defense and let's look at these corners. Is Sertan there? I, did he go? Yeah. Sertan came off the board. Okay. I, I assume he did, but where Devonta Smith went, it's like, um, Man, is Samuel too is Samuel too yeah, early here? I know. Yeah, Samuel has been a big one that's been mocked to the Niners um a lot. And I mean, I think at 43, um, I do think that, you know, he's he's ranked 52nd. Um, you know, he's ranked probably like the fourth or fifth best corner, I would believe. 
Um, I think I would have him above Caleb, Caleb Farley just because of Caleb Farley's two back surgeries. Um, mm-hmm. Elvin Joseph, I definitely would take over him. Um, I would probably take Asante over Melifonwu, Mel, uh, Mel, Mel, I guess that's how you say his name, um, out of Syracuse. But that's pretty much can – Can we look at edge? Yep, we can definitely look at Ed's offense or defense edge. Ooh, Jalen Phillips is still there too. That's surprising. Yeah. Hmm. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Phillips. I'm gonna take Phillips here. Good. Yeah. Because you know he has a lot of uh, he has a lot of injuries right now for concussions, but he's the type of guy that if he falls that far, you got to take a chance on him. Like you have to, and I kind of think it reminds me of the, you know, I wouldn't say so much of the uh, Reuben Foster deal with the 49ers because he fell all the way to the end of the first round and the Niners traded back into the first round to get him. But if that guy, if, if, if Jalen Phillips is there at 43, I think he's definitely somebody you, you turn your head to and look at yeah. really, really hard to figure if you want to take him or not. I mean that's solid. I mean to come out of the dra- like you're li- you're literally going to have a, an awesome draft grade right away just from these two picks. So oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and it sucks too because PFN doesn't uh, give us. Can I ask you? Can I ask you? I'll ask you a question after this mock draft of a potential trade for the Niners. Okay. Now Over. I was saying earlier too, um, the 49ers, You don't you don't want to take a, a trade no. right? Okay. What do we look like? Um, we're at 102, and that's what we have so far. So this will be the third round pick right here. Uh, 117 also. So you got four picks here. Okay. Two, two picks okay. left. Um, I'll answer that question once we're done. So all right. So we're yeah, at we 102. Um, and I guess go corner. Let's go corner here. Ooh, some good guys. Um, Boy, can you go to a wide receiver real quick? Yep. It got thin, bro. It did. There's a couple guys that I like here. <laughs> I'm not sure about 102, though. I think I think 2-2 could go at 102 because that's kind of close to his range. Uh, yeah. Defensively here in cornerback, uh, True Williams is a big guy. Um, and, you know, that's right around where he should be taken probably. Uh, Adebo, mm-hmm. I'm not a big on Adebo, but Trill Williams, I think is a beast, um, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's totally up to you. We already got edge, uh, wide receivers. I uh, don't know what safeties are still there. So mm-hmm. probably not a safety that I would take at one Oh two. Yeah. Um, I guess go back to corner and, uh, let's take, uh, let's take Williams, I guess. Trill Williams. Um, you want me to give you a little backstory on him? Yeah. All right. So let's read this. So uh, physical corner with excellent size and speed, athletic, physical, and engages receivers at the line of scrimmage, slowing their release off the snap, plays to his size, possesses excellent length, physical beats down opponents defending the pass, breaks down well, uses his hands to protect himself, fires up the field defending the run, and wraps up tackling. Negatives is he loses transition with opponents off the line sometimes because he's so aggressive at the front. At the at the line usually a half step behind the action and ineffective covering receivers on crossing patterns possesses an average closing burst Williams is a tough defensive back with the physical skills for the next level but he needs a lot of work on his game he's better facing the action where he can see the ball 
and may be limited to a zone system at the next level. Pull up a, uh, a Debo. Let's let's check him out real quick. All right. So positives: three-year starter Stanford, who decided to opt out last season, performed brilliantly as a redshirt freshman, leading the nation with 24 pass breakups. Tall, long corner who flashed the ability to shut down opponents in the past. Physical battles opponents and beats down receivers to defend the throw. Uses his size as an advantage. Effectively time effectively times his past defenses and possesses a closing burst quick to read and anticipate displays good recognition in zone and has a nice move to the throw gives effort defending the run and wraps up tackling negatives slow getting his head back around and struggles making plays with his back to the ball deep speed is suspect struggled at times early in 2019 and was pummeled by Gabe Davis of central Florida a lot of speed there uh Adebo was highly considered prospect after his brilliant redshirt freshman season, but he played somewhat erratic football the next two years. He's a level-headed personality with a large upside who needs to get his game back on track and consistently play at a high level. You know, I, I what don't you like about him? Because I kind of feel like he might be the better option, but what is it that, that makes you not like him? Me, um, in this in this, you know, cover three zone scheme that we type play over here, I think Trill Williams is a better fit. Um, the things that scares me about Paulson, uh is one, we just went through the problem in the early stages of our corners being able to get their heads around, um, losing the receiver uh, penalties uh, because they can't get their head back around. Because we know that this league throws the flags now if you don't put your head around. Like it could be a really good play, but since you didn't turn your head, they're going to throw a flag on you. Um, That's something that he needs to work on. Um, Either way here, I think Williams is a better scheme fit for us than um, Adebo is, but I also can't honestly answer that question because of the fact that I don't even know if we're going to run the same scheme because we have a new defensive coordinator. I don't know. Well, I'm I'm going to defer to you on this because we're getting deep and you know team needs for the Niners a little bit better than I do. So let's go Williams. And uh, It is. Yeah, I think he's a better fit there. Um, Oh, so they didn't even give us the – this 117, which is, I guess, a fourth round. So Trey Lance, Jalen Phillips, and Trill Williams. Um, to me, these are all three positions that we need. Um, obviously, I said to you before that I would be happy with Justin Fields or Trey Lance, so I'm not upset yeah. with him. And Jalen Phillips dropping to 43. Um, very, you know, would surprise the heck out of me, but then again, wouldn't because of his concussion issues. Um, but if he's there, he's a guy that you go and get, and then we just broke down Trill Williams. So I think this is a really good – uh, three, um, uh, team, you know, three round mock and, uh, looks good to me, Smitty. Let's let me throw one trade idea at you for the Niners. All right. And maybe this is being kicked around and we don't know it, or maybe you've even heard something, but the best way to get rid of, like, this is the same thing with fantasy football. The best way to get rid of a player it's doubted is to to cloudy it up and make it a like a multi-layered type of trade. What if you don't ask for a pick like Jimmy G, uh, a pick for Jimmy G? So like, oh, give me a first rounder for Jimmy G. Like you get creative and you say, let's move from uh pick 43 to 20 with the 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 Chicago Bears, and they get Jimmy G for that move. That's the kind of thing I think you can do where you're not going to get a straight up first rounder, but you can move a second rounder into the first round and free up money and also get rid of this locker room divide and riff you're potentially going to have. And you move forward and you get that number 20 overall 
and the Chicago would probably, I, I think, consider it because I don't know that they trust the Red Rocket, Andy Dalton, to be their their future. And, and Jimmy G still respected in some circles. And and, and Chicago you know, is a place I, that he would go because he does yeah. have no break laws. So. I mean, that would be a brilliant move. But in order to get rid of a cloudy situation, you got to dilute some of the risk and you put another pick, you know, in there. Then it starts right. feeling like, you know what? We're not we're not necessarily giving up the farm for Jimmy G. We're getting a 43 pick. We got a lot of guys we like at 43 that we would maybe even consider at 20, but we wouldn't take it because of perception. You could talk a team into doing something that they may not do straight up. I think for us, um, for us to get out of Jimmy Garoppolo, and if it happens on trade day, I think we may have to give up an additional pick or two um, to send him to, let's just say 20. Let's just use 20, for example. Yeah. Um, you know, it may cost us 43 and 102 um, mm -hmm. to move back into 20, but I'm okay with that because what I was going to say earlier is, is that I believe that the 49ers are going to trade up in this draft because I feel that they feel that there's not a whole lot of positions. And I think they saved all their draft capital from this year with in that trade to go to three. They didn't give anything up this year to use as firepower to move around in the draft. So move up or down, whatever it may be. But I truly believe that this 49ers front office believes they're only a quarterback away from winning. They, they mm -hmm. believe that there's not a lot of positions that are open for competition right now this year. Um, that's not saying the future. So if you have the possibility to, to offload a Jimmy Garoppolo, move back into a first round and get another piece of talent in that first round to compensate for your next year's pick because you you don't have a, a next year's first as of right now. So you pick up another generational talent somewhere in there where you want, whether it's a receiver, a, tack, a, a, a lineman, whatever it may be, I could see something like that happening. Now at the 20, let's say you got the 20 pick. I know this isn't popular uh, with most people because they feel like running back is not something you invest in in the first round. But but in this system, do, do you feel that if you were sitting there at 20, that Najee Harris would be a, a person you would consider if you had if you had the control and ability to make the pick? Because I think there are you have such you don't have a lot of holes on this roster. And I feel like that is the biggest impact um, play you could make. And I, I know it's high. I know the system is great. Running backs produce no matter what. But if you put Najee Harris in this offense, you create a unicorn. Yeah. And it's it's like it, it would be it would make things so much easier on a rookie quarterback, too, especially one that could run like Trey Lance. It, you guys would win the internet, not just the draft, if you walked out with Trey Lance and Najee Harris. I'm, I'm just saying. I know it's not going to be popular amongst everybody. A lot of people are going to say in the chat, uh, you don't draft running backs in the first round. I don't really care no, where people draft running. Like You draft running backs where it makes sense and where your oh. need is and the system fitting Najee. You, got, you would create – you know, you have a top 10 running back in Mostert when he's on the field, but he can't stay on the field. You right. have a good uh, – almost a – mediocrely good running back turned really good in Wilson in that offense. You take Najee Harris, who's a great running back, and you put him in an offense, you have a unicorn. You have you have a running back that's top five producing and and it makes so much it makes everything easier on the entire offense. And you guys have a, a good enough defense that it's gonna and be it also it also keeps those other guys healthy. And now while I don't think the 49ers would do that 
I would 100% do that. Which because, is frustrating. Right. It's very frustrating like- because Kyle Shanahan believes in his undrafted guys and believes that he can get – and this is what scares me about his quarterback position because he believes he can get the most out of a quarterback in his system, whether they're superstars or not. And that's what scares me because Kyle Shanahan is a big – he's only drafted one running back. And he's no longer here. They cut him, right? So he's drafted one quarterback here in the third round, and he's no longer here. They let him go. He's now going to be Trevor Lawrence's backup in Jacksonville, right? So that's what scares me. Me personally, I'm taking – if I can move back into 20 and I already got my quarterback, I'm taking Najee Harris if he's there because he's going to be that next generational talent along with keeping your undrafted guys who are really good when they're on the field as in, you put a Raheem Moster and a Najee Harris one-two backfield, mm-hmm. and Kyle Juszczyk there as well. You're keeping, you're you're giving, you're splitting snaps. Yeah. You're keeping Raheem Moster healthy, and Najee Harris is just going to be a really good running back, and especially if he went into the Niners system. And I hate when when something seems like okay, like, and I ask that question to people a lot, like, what do you think would happen? if the Cardinals drafted Najee Harris and the answer is typically like, Oh my God, the offense would be scary, but they won't do that. You know, teams won't do that. Like I get frustrated when teams won't do something because it's, it seems too crazy or too bold or too rare. I I do. I do believe the two best landing spots for Najee Harris are in San Fran and Arizona. And I don't care that Arizona signed James Conner to a $1.4 million deal. Najee Harris would transform this offense. You guys know, like, You've had problems with Kyler Murray running the football, and yep. I think that's one reason why Shanahan wants to get a little, uh, you know, uh, uh, opportunity to do the same thing to other defenses and have that running capability. But if we had Najee Harris running up the gut, making your defense incapable of worrying about where Kyler Murray's on the where he's at on the field constantly, it would be a whole different thing trying to cover and shadow and contain Kyler Murray, which is the the crutch I think against, you know, right. Um what you what your struggles are on defense with court. It's always a running quarterback that always, that always caught. So imagine having to worry about Najee Harris too. But guess what? Teams are more likely to not make bold moves like that. And that's just the way it is. And it frustrates me. I wish I could get my hands on a, I'd either destroy a team or I'd turn it into a dynasty. Uh, one oh, or the yeah. other, one or the yeah. other. <laughs> it, it would be interesting, man. I would love to have Najee Harris here, to be honest with you. Um, you know, there was a guy last year in the last year's draft that I really liked. And I think he's going to, I mean, he's going to probably get the most of it of his opportunity this year. And that's Benny Snell Jr. I think that he could really produce somewhere if he's in the right system. Um, We'll see what he does in Pittsburgh this year now that, you know, James Conner's gone. But um, he'll, he should get a shot over there. But Benny Snell, to me, was a guy who has a little bit of speed, had good vision, would run you over, and was something that the 49ers didn't have as in a power type back. And Najee Harris is that, that same type of guy. He'll run you over. He has speed. He has great vision. And he's quick on his feet. I think he would more than succeed here in the NFL. Odds that the Niners will take – Javonta Williams at 43 if if he's sitting there no because oh. I mean that even a small trade up to get him you know go from 43 to 34 or whatever just to make sure you get him or you know you could give up something like that would be you could walk out with Lance and, and Javonta Williams and it look almost as good yeah Javonta yeah, Williams is like a Jonathan Taylor type <laughs> player and and you could on you could argue more well-rounded than anybody in the draft class 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, and, and you know, this goes back to what we were saying earlier, right? Would I be mad about it? No, because I see the aggressiveness. Um, and we talked about it earlier. If you feel that that's your guy and you feel that he's in reach, then you go and get him. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I feel. The only reason I feel differently about Mac is because I don't think that he was a top three guy. I think you could have yeah. probably got him at six. Yeah. You know, Maybe they tried could, though. That's kind of what my argument was is that we don't know. It was like you stay at 12 and, and get left at the altar, their exact words, or you move up to three and you try your hardest to see if the other two are better, but in your mind, and I, I disagree if it is Mac, but I'm just defending the process that, you know, at least you have control of your own destiny. And that's not saying that if Mac comes here, he's not going to be successful in the system. Yeah. I I do think, I do think he'll be successful. It's just not what fans want. They want that. Right. Different, different attribute added to this offense compared to what Mac Jones brings to the table. Yeah. What will be interesting is if, if Mac does come to San Fran and he does well, what kind of, what kind of, uh, what kind of receipts will be out there and how many, how many people will admit that they've you know changed their mind or this? No, I, was not, Mac Jones. I just didn't like him at three, but I loved him. <laughs> if the 49ers draft Mac Jones, we are going to have a Donovan McNabb draft day all over again. Like the Philly, the Eagles did. They booed yeah. the hell out of that guy and then became huge fans of him Yeah, here in Philly. And they were so mad at drafting Donovan McNabb. So we will remember. Don't worry. Yeah, and and that's the thing. We we definitely will remember. Um, you know the the thing is the, the the thing about the whole thing is is you know Brian Peacock is a guy that I listen to for Locked On Forty Nineers podcast, and he said it well today. No matter which way this draft goes, it's going to go down in history. It's going to either yeah. go down as the Niners trade up and they get their guy, and right, you know he's going to be this guy, or the Niners trade up and they messed up miserably, yeah, and they got this guy. So one way or the other, this draft is going to go down in 49ers history and will be a stepping stone in future years as into what the 49ers have done and especially with the quarterback position. So either way, yeah. we will remember. It'll be a good case study to to figure out like which whichever quarterback ends up doing well, let's say Mac turns out to be a great quarterback. I don't again, I don't feel that really in right. my gut, but if he does, I'm I'm not ruling it out. I'm just not a, a fan of it that it'll be interesting to reevaluate situations coming out of college and um, you know, what it is about Mac that made people, was it all reaction to, you know, the external factors like trading up, you know, Coda got him at 12. Like, you know, it reminds me of Dalvin cook a little bit when in fantasy, he was going, he was a top five guy towards ACL um, dropped out of the top 25 overall. And, and then, you know, I started touting Dalvin cook as, biggest breakout of 2019 and and everyone kept saying to me smitty he's injury prone he's not a top five guy he could, you know he could be a risk at top five guy and i'm like what are you talking about like dalvin cook is down at 22 overall the risk is baked in right i think the problem people have is and i've seen it in the comments is they might like mac at 12 like the risk risk is baked in down there it's the problem i think everybody's having and i understand it is that at three it's like you you know you're going to feel more like, yeah, you, you know, like you completely just, yeah, you mortgage the entire future for a guy that you felt had the baked in risk. You were on board potentially at 12, but it's like, that's what I think everyone's struggling with. And I understand it because right. the, the risk is no longer baked in. You literally have to get what you're paying for 
with Mac Jones or you're going to destroy everything. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, who the Niners pick. And I'm, I'm going to be interested to see what your reaction is as well. I know you're going to be on a four box with Raj and them, uh, you know, doing yeah, this. So I'm, I'm going to check. I'm going to put that on, on Instagram while we're doing our show as well, just to see uh, what your guys reaction to it is. Um, and I'm definitely looking forward to it. Hopefully we can get you back on the show again. Uh, maybe evaluate, you know, after the draft settled down and things like that, maybe evaluate some of the players and we'll talk a little bit of fantasy football as in, you yeah. know, one, and, and who, who you think could be, uh, you know, day one providers or, or, or somebody that you should keep in mind for a late round pick. So, uh, yeah. And I'd love to get you guys on, on my show because yeah. I'm live every Tuesday and Thursday yep. at 4 PM Eastern. I go three hours straight every Tuesday and Thursday. Eventually, how, long, I gotta roll. how long would you need us on it? That's full three hours or. Uh, you know, you don't have to, you, you're welcome to, but usually a, a guest will come on about an hour. Okay. Um, you know, I had like Matthew Berry on and um, uh, Matt Harmon and a bunch of the fantasy guys, big names right. in fantasy. So they, they've come on and they usually take up about an hour. Um, but man, I, I don't mean whatever you want to do. If you want to do like all kinds of mock draft coverage on Tuesday following the NFL draft, that might be a, a good time to jump on. But I'm yes, at 4 like p.m. Said- Eastern. That's Every Tuesday and Thursday because our shows are usually uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, but they're later in the evening. So okay. um, I'm free around four, five o'clock. You know what I mean? So I can do Let's set it know, up. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll set it up. We'll talk. Um, but guys, make sure if this is your first time here or first time watching Smitty, make sure you guys go over to visit smitty1.com for all Smitty social media platforms and advice for fantasy football. So make sure you guys go over there. Like it. You know, you'll see all the social media avenues there. Give them a follow and like on everything. Check him out. He's, uh, you know, been in the game for 19 years professionally with with uh, fantasy football. So make sure you guys go over there and give him a follow. Once again, you see it at the bottom of the screen, smitty1.com. Smitty, any final words, man, before we hop out of here? Uh, no, man, I'm, I'm excited. This draft is going to be loaded with fantasy football implications and just offensive skill positions through and through. You know, last year was like waiting defense. You know, I like defense. It's, it's fun, but I'm waiting and waiting. You know, now it's like, five quarterbacks, you know, four or five wide receivers, a tight end, maybe two running backs by pick 35. Yeah. It's going to be crazy, man. This is going to be – we're going to be live the whole – are you live during the draft? Yeah, yeah, we're live yeah, during so the whole entire we'll draft, so it'll be fun. Um, And then we yeah, do day threes as well, so it, it, it'll hey, be a lot of fun, man. We got a lot of beer, wings, pizza, whatever. We're just chilling, talking the NFL draft. Yeah. Um, so. I, maybe I, – I've, I've done this with a few shows too, and I don't know if it'll how it will work on that panel because you'll have a panel but um i've gone live at the same time i go live during the draft at the same time as a lot of other people and then we you know send each other links and cross live stream right you know okay. and throw you on like you know we might be able to do this through zoom or something like that but let's yeah, talk yeah, we'll about that too because that's a fun way to to collide uh cultures and 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 you know i'll have my live stream you have your live stream and they're both live at the same time and we're yeah, on each other's definitely. shows and you're like you're on my show or i'm on your show i don't know yeah one or the other <laughs> one or the other um, yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. And like I said, this was really fun. You know, we got to break down a little bit of the Kyle Shanahan presser. Uh, we talked a little bit about the quarterbacks. We talked, uh, uh, we did a three round mock draft, man. I think we got a lot done an hour, and 19 minutes. I appreciate you. I only yeah. wanted to keep you on for an hour, but you know how football right. talk goes, man. It just goes on and on and on. And, um, but no, really appreciate it, Smitty. And, uh, I appreciate the support and, um, guys, make sure you go to smitty1.com. Thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, I'll, I'll be talking to you, man. Yes, Thanks, sir. Thanks, everybody. I, I appreciate all you in the chat. Later. All right, guys. Remember, always 
Stay faithful. We're out of here. Peace.